podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello and welcome to this, the latest episode, uh, episode 37 of the Rewatch Project. Uh, I am Mike and with me as always is Hannah. How are you today? I am not too bad, thanks. Excellent stuff, even though you just obliterated a wine glass onto the floor. Which was your fault. I <laughs> see so you're saying it. You're coming out and saying it. Um, it was, listeners, he put my wine glass by my elbow and didn't tell me. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to continue this conversation. Because you know uh, I'm right. <laughs> that's why, yes, that's why. But yes, welcome back everybody. We are continuing on ever closer towards the end of Season 2 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We have reached episode number 17. Mm. Tell us about this episode, huh? I've been looking forward to this one. We, well, I think we've both been looking forward to this one since probably about halfway through Season 1 when we thought that it was going to air. Yeah, okay. So this episode is called Melinda. Uh, the synopsis says the story of Melinda May's transformation into the cavalry oh. is revealed as she finds herself at a crossroads in the war between Coulson and Gonzalez. As Sky learns more about her true heritage from Lincoln, the truth about Inhumans will send her in a new direction. It is directed by Gary A. Brown. Uh, he is known for, let's see, what's he done? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., obviously. Mm-hmm. Prison Break. Lots of Prison Break. He was a producer on it. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover between those two shows, isn't there? Uh, yeah, Walker, Texas Ranger. <gasps> he was the third class alien in Bad Taste. Very really? Cool. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's very cool. Um, and it's written by DJ Doyle, who, as we all know, Done a whole means load of we're in safe hands. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. I'm well, it's funny. It. You say I've been looking forward to this one, but I, I kind of kind of have. It's just I remember this episode. I don't remember whether I liked it or not, but I've been looking forward to it in the sense that I I think we both misremembered it as being much earlier mm. in the run of the show. I think we talked about this in previous episodes. And actually, maybe that means that it's not as good as we remember. Maybe... Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I genuinely don't have any, any memory on my opinion of the episode. Mm. But I, I just remember thinking that, um, it w- yeah, that it was a lot earlier in the run mm. of the show. So yeah, uh, we I, will see. I, thought it, I definitely thought it was first season. Yeah. But, um, okay, well, before we get into that, I just want to do a little bit of um, housekeeping. Just as always, a reminder to go over to wearepodsyndicate.com to check out all of the other shows over there, including uh, the Iron Sequel, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Film Bastards, his film, her movie, and Entertainment Landfill. Um, and also, um, we always appreciate feedback at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com or via our social media on Instagram and Twitter at rewatchproj. That's rewatch, P-R-O-J. Um, and also, um, we now have a YouTube channel how exciting. So, um, so if you go to YouTube and just do a search for The Rewatch Project, you'll find it. At the moment, um, it really is just the episodes um, that we're recording here that go on the podcast feed that I'm also posting on there with a little bit of fancy schmancy artwork on there. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's just, I guess, the reason I thought it might be good to have that is, I think there's a lot of people who just do all of their 
consuming through YouTube. Mm. So it's just another patch. Just um, another avenue. Absolutely. It's just another way of driving people towards uh, towards the show. Have we had any feedback? Uh, yes, we have. We have. Uh, let me bring this up. Um, and uh, hang on a second. I'm completely unprepared for this. Um, so where the heck is my... Oh, there it is. All that clusterfucking. Um, so... There we go. Do you want to read it? Yeah. Hello, Hannah and Mike. I recently found your podcast through YouTube and am loving your commentary on this fabulous show. It is always interesting in hearing other people's takes on things you like and have loved your insights on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so far and look forward to your views on future seasons. Like you, I thoroughly enjoyed Afterlife. It moved the story forward while still having the action slash character scenes that have become a trademark of S.H.I.E.L.D., the writing in this show is top-notch to the point where a sandwich, which made its last appearance a season and a half ago, plays a pivotal role in this episode. Just mention a prosciutto and buffalo mozzarella sandwich to any Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, and they will, of course, reply with a hint of pesto aioli. Looking forward to your rewatches, Gary from London. Cool. That's an awesome email, and so true. Made me hungry. Yeah. Even though I've just eaten my tea. Um, yeah, it is the little things like that that make the show. There's, it rewards attention to detail yes. i'm glad you're enjoying it gary and, and it's also nice when shows and have, welcome yeah well it's funny actually because i noticed he cut he's, he's listened to our most recent episode but i've only put the first so far i think about the first 11 or 12 of our episodes up on youtube so i think what's happening is i think people are finding the podcast on youtube mm. and then hopping over to the feed yeah. to check it out but um that's cool but um speaking of which let me just bring up the youtube channel so, yeah, a few comments here. Uh, a couple of, of them, I'm not entirely sure which episodes they're referring to, but um, Silver Surfer has said that Fizzed is the first great episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., in my opinion. Looking forward to hear your, hearing your opinion on future arcs. Um, uh, this, this, this is funny because this is people listening to it as I dropped them on YouTube. Mm. And they said, two shows per podcast works well for season one. <laughs> 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 I don't think it's used to. Um, Sorry, we waffle on a bit much. And they're MCU connecting films. Um, it's best to watch episode seven and then Thor: The Dark World, which mm. happens right before episodes eight and nine. Yeah. So that's interesting because they're, they're, I guess if you want to be really fastidious about it, you can really precisely drop the movies down yeah. into the actual running order well, of the show. Well, if, if you look at the release date and then the release date of the film, you can work out... They should all, should all mm. tell you, shouldn't they? Yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, keep the comments coming. It's nice to see that the, that the... I mean, I've noticed that our download figures on the regular feed have gone up a little bit as well. So it's nice getting that stuff out there as well. Um, and, uh, and yes, so um, what we will do, as we always do, is we will hit pause... Um, and we will watch the episode Melinda, it's called. Melinda, yep. Uh, and then we will come back and we will get into discussion of it. So see you in for what for us will be 45 minutes, but for you guys will be no time at what all. What a moment. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie and What's on Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. 
These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. So, welcome back everybody. We've just finished watching episode 17 of season 2 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., namely the episode Melinda. So, let's not piss about. Okie dokie. What do you think, Anna? I really enjoyed it. I love the... um flick between seven years ago and present day mm-hmm. um i think it's a really good conceit for the show because um it's um it it just explains things in a really succinct kind of way um uh i thought coulson was in it more i think first time i watched it um, and he doesn't really feature that heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I thought that there was more explanation around what his thinking is with the Theta protocol. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't remember any of that. Mm. I I can't remember a lot about it. I can't remember kind of where it goes from here. But um, I I in my mind, it had more of that in it. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was really good. What about you? Yep, same. Um, I think it's funny because we were talking before about how um, you know we both thought that this was a lot earlier because obviously you know the whole cavalry and Bahrain. I mean that goes right back to I think pretty much the first episode of the show. What well, does? And so the question I was asking going into this episode was why now? I mean, obviously the writers knew that this was something they were going to reveal and they've kind of kept it in the back pocket and what they were obviously doing was they were strategically waiting until a point in the storyline where it would make sense for them to reveal that. Mm. So I think it will be kind of interesting to unpack as we go through the episode, why now? I knew the girl had powers, but I thought it was a bit more like Mike Peterson, like... Um, from, um, you know, the Avengers movie, MCU movie, first movie. Like, you know how Mike Peterson gets his powers basically because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I I had misremembered that, that that was her thing rather than being an inhuman. Sorry, I'm not understanding you. Well, in the pilot, Mike Peterson has powers but it isn't it from the mcu yeah yeah what do you mean from the mcu well like from the alien invasion oh and, from the shatari yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's sorry that's what i mean like he got his powers from that mm-hmm. not from being an inhuman like he didn't go through the mist i had misremembered how the little girl got her powers i knew that it it was the little girl rather than the woman who had the power. But you didn't realise that she'd been staying at Rancho Relaxo. I didn't realise she'd and... been through Terragenesis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, and I suppose the other thing as well around the timing of it is, or it makes me think a little bit about um, when, in Buffy, when um, Joss Whedon said that he came to the realisation that he wanted to do a musical episode at some point, but he knew that it couldn't just be done as a gimmick they had to wait until the narrative got to a point 
where it kind of dictated the need for that. Mm. And I think that that's really similar to what happened with this episode is the fact that I think they got to a point in the show where they've just thought, actually, it would make a lot of sense for us now, thematically, to explore that. I thought you were about to say, and this should have been a musical episode. <laughs> but um, so, so I think that the the well, let's get into it because I mean I think it's kind of self evident. Well, you, you go for it, note boy, because I've got no notes. Oh, no, zero. Zero notes. Wow, that's incredible. Not even your usual two. No, no, nothing. Mm. I've got my Udi on. I'm too relaxed. Okay. Well, um. So we open up with a flashback of May in the shower with her ex, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we learn that this is seven years ago from the from the present. And you see the difference in her character pre-Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, she's still a kick-ass agent and can probably break your leg with a look. But she's got a much but, sunnier disposition. Yeah, she it? has an end... She has a softer side. Yes, and she wears a suit. She doesn't wear a leather cat, a leather murder cat suit all the time. Mm. So we see sort of Coulson rock up to uh, to their house, and it's a classic kind it's of very buddy cop. Yeah, it's very mm. kind of uh, you look after them while you know they're it's out very there. Lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And um, we so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've got a note here about how we really see kind of how different she is as well, and it's funny as well because. It's it's easy to forget when you watch a TV show, particularly you know these these shows where there's a lot of content, a lot of episodes, and you know sitcoms are a lot like this as well, where you really come to strongly associate the actors with the characters. You know, yeah. it's really hard to imagine them playing someone else. Like it's always strange seeing um, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory as another character. You know, mm. and and I think that when you have flashback episodes or episodes where for whatever reason the character is acting out of character compared to what you're used to that you realize how much of that is performance mm. you know that how much of it is like i think may i think ming Wen, i think well she's like that and then when you see her acting differently you're like actually no you know it is performance like the, the real person is probably you know goofy some of the time and yeah you know but it is odd to sort of you know not to, a marvel agent yeah no but but the other thing is as well is that ming ming na wen plays a lot of these types of characters i mean yeah. the character she plays in the mandalorian is pretty much is essentially the same character she plays here yeah you know the character that she played in stargate is a very it's very similar character mm. and it's kind of like she she plays a lot of these sort of stoic um, you know, granite-faced characters. So it is just weird seeing mm. her kind of, you know, just f- having a flirty breakfast OJ, you know, yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of with, with her with her partner. Um, I like the fact as well that because this is set seven years ago, they get to have a little bit of um, MCU continuity fun. Like Coulson drops in that uh, um, that Fury's putting together, you know, he wants to take Earth's uh, mightiest and see if they're heroes. It's kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. he wants to, you know, assemble some Avengers. It's, yeah. uh, you know, they get to do that, that whole bit of chronology business. Mm. Um, but what we see as we're jumping around into the, the, the flashbacks, and I think this is, this is what's clever about this episode and clever about this show is the way that they weave all of these things together because... I remember this episode in really broad terms. I remember that, you know, that it's a traumatic experience for May and it defines a lot of what her character's like and it answers a lot of questions. Mm. Um, 
And then when we're a few minutes into the episode, I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to cut between the present and now. And I thought he was doing that well. Mm. But what I wasn't expecting and what I didn't remember was that they directly connect, you know, mm. with Eve, the character of Eva. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't really remembered that either. So, I mean, that kind of gets to... There's two reasons why... I'm going to kind of answer my own question here, but there's two... There's at least two reasons why I think now is when they pulled this story out of the back pocket. Mm. I think one is that there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment in the show around trust. Mm. That's the big theme at yeah. the moment. So I think that the thematic kind of backbone of, of not Maze, but of the Cavalry's um, origin storyline is around that. So that makes sense. Yeah. But also, also got all the trust issues with Colson. Yeah, exactly. And mm. then you've got the new, but you've also got all the trust issues with um, with Daisy, with Daisy and, and her, yeah. her 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 history of just being mm. fucked over by people and, she trusts. And actually, Ruth Negger's character, Rena. Rena. She's got trust issues with you know letting the afterlife crew kind of help her out. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of goes everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah, and the audience doesn't know who to trust as well. You mm. know, you've got a lot of characters who could go either way. The the other, but the other reason I think that that they've timed it now is that I think they found a narrative reason for it as well. The fact yeah. that they could actually directly link what was going on with what happened in May's history with the narrative of what's going on over at, you know, Rancho Relaxo Mm. um, makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's good because I think that they, the fact that they bided their time and were like, no, okay, we've got, we've got several reasons now why we can tell this. And also I think it's good from a season pacing perspective because all of these, whenever you see a show that has these long seasons, it's always about, three quarters, three three fifths of the way through mm. that you get a bit of lag where they're kind of they can't show too many cards because they've still got a few episodes left. And that's a good time to do a um like this week's episode of Ted Lasso is a good example. Yeah. Where you, you kind of take the audience slightly out of the narrative and do something else. And give them a bit more explanation about one like a main character, but yeah. not the main character. And what you do by doing that as well is you enrich the universe of the show. You, 100%. You, you, you make the mythology of the show more complex and more multifaceted by mm. doing that as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's episodes like this, whilst this wasn't my favourite episode of the show. I mean, this was, it, it was an upper level no, one. No, me but either, I, but, but it's a super enjoyable one. But it adds to the show. It, it does, it, you know, yeah. It, 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 in a lot it's, of ways. To be honest, it's one I would rewatch in season two. Like, it wouldn't be one of my absolute favourite of season two, but it'd be up there. Yeah, it kind of works on its own one, right as it, well, doesn't it? It would be one that I would recommend to someone else to watch if they were if they were cherry picking episodes of the season. Yeah, we learn that this character Eva, the briefing that Coulson's giving the team is that Eva is an index candidate. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing as well that makes this sort of episode work well at this point is forgetting even all the May stuff is that we're seeing uh, in the past Coulson um, kind of under the thrall of Fury 
indexing these sort of superhero characters. Mm. And it kind of feeds into what the, quote, real S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, their conspiracy theory about Coulson. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of making the audience feel that suspicion yeah. that um, that the, the other characters are, are experiencing. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, so we're in Bahrain, uh, and they basically say that if she doesn't comply, they'll have to call in the cavalry. We learn that back in the present day that they're still tailing fits, obviously, because he did, he did a did a legger at the end of the uh, of the last episode. He most certainly uh, did. And um, the, the the real shield question, uh, questioning May about this uh, Theta protocol, mm. um, and we see Sky talking to her mom as well, um, and it, it's all very kind of um, very sort of Mister Miyagi, um, you know, talking about. Oh, go on. Sorry, uh, you also get a very like. Um, I've, I the only piece of writing that I was like, okay, I can feel that this is like put in for a reason. It was when um, she just offhand mentioned about the fact that Cal put her back together. Like I know that's further on in the story, mm-hmm. but um, you know, you and I had talked about. Oh, I can't remember how she survived that. She was she was decimated. Yeah. Um, and I I would say probably most viewers were were at that stage. Like, when the hell are they going to say what happened or how how is she yeah. here? And they just write it in like, oh, and he spent so much time putting or after. I'm, sure, I'm sure they do go into together. it in more detail than that, though, don't they? At oh, some point? if they do, I can't remember it, but. Just the way, you know... They had waved it a little bit. Yeah, it was very, like, after your father put me back together and then continue with the story. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we're getting a lot of stuff about uh, harmony and uh, frequencies and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's about... A lot of it is about trying to sort of, you know, control that power. And I think a lot of it... uh, One of the other analogies... There's a lot of stuff going on with Sky this season that I think is analogous to a lot of other stuff. And I think some of it, some of it is uh, reminds me a lot almost of like anger management, Mm. you know, it's about trying to, or like when children have um, antisocial behavior and how um, people, you you can try and channel that into like sports or um, the army or something. So she's going to get her to move a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have failed my daughter then because she farted on my head tonight. How's that failing? I think that takes incredible skill. Uh, well, you know, I didn't appreciate it. I'm not channeling her in the right direction. What, she d- thought it was funny. Well, you know, I'm sure she could probably cause an avalanche if she uh, if, if, if she tried hard. Her enough. brother thought it was amazing. Yeah, and tried to recreate it, and nearly shat on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I miss all the fun. It's funny. I was thinking about watching this episode where. You know, a mum gives her all this pep talk and then she's like, you know, reaches out and then there's the avalanche. Wouldn't it be mad if that was just a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> like, this happens to me. like, she walks off and the mum's like, fuck me, that, that really worked out for me, didn't it? Like, you know, yeah. That was like, pe- like when you tell your kids, you can definitely do that when you think, yeah. you definitely can't. Or like when like, a lift door's about to open so you pretend you're using the force to kind of do it. It's yeah. one of those, like, uh, it always reminds me of the episode of Robot Chicken where there's a staff meeting of all of Darth Vader's staff 
and they're like, right, he's got this weird thing where he thinks he can choke you. He can't, but just play along. <laughs> Otherwise, he will actually kill you. <laughs> and they're all like practicing their... <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, we, we hop back over to uh, Bahrain and uh, Colson goes to speak to... Um, um, Eva and basically he's trying to uh, I mean basically what, the, the understanding that they've got is that they well, who need, we think is Eva yes um, is that they they need to uh, get to her before the local militia mm. uh, can sort of co-opt her so he's really kind of you know he's got them in the earpiece he's under a lot of pressure yeah um, and then you know things all kick off basically and we see uh, the lo- what appears to be the local militia uh, taking a young girl hostage. Mm-hmm. But we go back to Rancho Relaxo and we see another kind of, um, you know, nice scene between um, uh, Sky and who she doesn't at this point yet at least realises her mum. And then her mum does the, um, oh, I have to go to the Forbidden Room of Mystery now. Yeah. So please don't, you know. To just try to- uh, leave me to it. Yeah, don't, I'll just pop over here. questioning it. And we see that, um, and Lincoln walks over and basically says to her, like... I've bought you a kebab because uh, I'm very amazing and sensitive to your needs. Yeah, well, that's incredible. Fuck me. I mean, you know, I'd, 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 I'd do you'd, Lincoln you'd for a kebab. you fucking bend over and go, <laughs> come on then, big boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bought, that's it. I'm having you, the kebab first, though, all right? If I'm you not, bought <laughs> you a cat llama, you'd be like, what do you need, yeah, babies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'd need a lager with a cat llama. Oh, you, you can't know. have a cat llama sober. Um, but um, do you remember that one cat llama that was in the fish and chip shop? Oh yeah, down yeah. from us. I, I swear it was the same one. We lived in that place for how long? Three years. And they're the same cat llama. I, in I'm pretty sure no one ever bought it. Yeah, yeah. It was like the um, it was like the insect in amber in Jurassic Park. It was just yeah. like forever kind of immortalized in there. Yeah. Uh, but we get. Um, it's funny actually. We were talking earlier on about this whole sort of like, this whole thematic idea of trust. But it's funny because what you start seeing here is, you know, there's questions around can Lincoln be trusted? Can can um, you know the the dying? Um, uh, who, what's Billy Noise name again? Is it Gordon? Gordon. Gordon's alive. Um, yeah. I want. I want. I keep wanting to say Gary, but it's just they're both weird. So you've got always no trust. But I think the thing that's interesting is that you're also starting to get see mistrust from Lincoln. Yeah. Like, because he he's like, well, she's never actually shown this much interest in anybody else before. But he he doesn't mistrust that he. Um, he's curious though. He revels in it. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, but. He, he quite obviously mistrusts Gordon. Yeah, well, it's funny because I... Well, I, I don't even know if he mistrusts as much no. as... He, I think he just... He has an ideological disagreement with him. I it? think, basically, he thinks that Gordon is quite a stickler. Yeah. Or quite harsh. Well, it's funny. You've got all of these characters saying that their motives are true and that they're doing the right thing and that they've got no ulterior motives and that those guys over there are the bad guys. But I'm starting to get the feeling, and I can't remember... So I say this kind of in the moment. It's almost as though Lincoln is the only person in the entire scenario who is genuinely pure of heart and who is actually mm-hmm. appears to at least be genuinely reading, for, drinking the Kool Aid, reading from the hymn book, but believes it. Mm. You know, he doesn't. He, he doesn't appear to have any ulterior motive. Mm. Um, yeah, I think at this stage, that's that's right. You know, and I think the fact that he's actually kind of left out is um 
indicative of that. And, and yeah, and sorry, just to wrap up that thought about that scene with Lincoln that we were talking about, is I think one of the things that surprised me about this episode, and I think the last one as well to a certain extent, is how much more sort of compelling I'm finding the Rancho Relaxo stuff than I remember. So we get a scene in the present day of May and Bobby um, talking about Colson's secrecy, yeah. or alleged secrecy. Yeah. And this, this, this bit pissed me off a little bit because... Shield have always been secret. Yeah. Like the level seven. I mean, or, or it's like this this whole idea of like, if we're going to have Shield, it's got to be like this open, open utopia. Yeah. It's like, well, that's that's naive. And also, yeah, it's, it's incorrect. Mm. It's not, it's like. I felt the same way because it was kind of, it was so anti-Shield, you know. Um, if anything, he Bobby, rallied against the secrecy. Yeah, but that, that, I mean, Bobby's saying that, that it should be out in the open because it's a big project. That's bullshit. Yeah. The bigger the project, the more secrecy there is around yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it should never be that way. And and she knows that. It's just, it doesn't fit what they want it to be. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's a bit round block square hole there. Yeah. And May talks about the, the, the and this is, this is where the sort of, I guess, the, the thematic connective tissue between the two different time zones that we're seeing in the time period sorry that we're seeing in this episode is that may talks about the price of doing the right thing is Mm. that people don't understand and it hurts yeah and that could be describing either time zone because you've got the present where colson's having to do the hard yards Mm. and he's not making any friends but it's the right thing to do Mm. um and may has to essentially sacrifice her humanity in order to um, job done. to save people's lives and you know uh, you know do the right thing yeah and but and th- what I thought was interesting about that conversation is um that's like that's the meaning of it but Bobby takes it as she's the one doing the thing that people you know won't appreciate it and that's where perspective comes into yeah, it because yeah. I, mean, May but I says, kind of love that because it's super ambiguous about well, who she's talking about and it's also proving may's point because she yeah. says not only does doing the right thing hurt no one understands yeah. and bobby's not understanding what she's saying no <laughs> so yeah, yeah exactly it's exactly that mm. um so we see Raina and um billy no eyes talk uh, basically talking about how um I was trying to think of it was another show we were watching recently where there was an element of this. What? What was it where? Because Raina talks about how Sky's got it easy. She's yeah. like, we both went through pterogenesis. Yeah. Uh, she gets to walk around and be normal. She's doing all this stuff. I've got to be. I like keep this. having dreams what about show her was it? with the daisies and, yeah. and having a wonderful dinner. What I'm going to edit this bit out because I'm probably not going to be able to remember it. But what was it we were watching where there were characters and. I can't remember. I can't remember. Don't no, tell me. No, no, no. I can't. I can't even Just, remember it enough to explain. Right. So basically, Lincoln asks Rayner to not give up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to um, sort of appeal to her, sort of better saints, as it were. Um, we would go back to Bahrain and we see that the extraction team is just freaking out. We, we don't know actually what's happening within the building, but we get a sense that you know there's some crazy shit going down yeah. in there, especially when. Um Coulson talks to one of the officers on speakerphone and he goes something about uh, it's dangerous. Like, I can't remember what he says. It's ambiguous. Yeah, but he says something 
and you as an audience know he's kind of under mind control at yeah. that point. Um, but they obviously, because, you know, hello TV, they haven't cottoned on yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't re- I can't even remember what he says. But we, well, we, we see that basically there's, there's 12 agents down and we want to know, we're wondering what's happening. Mm. Um, back at Rancho Relaxo, we see um, Sky is playing the wine glasses like um, sort of Bjork and Plugged. Oh, fuck, kind of I thing hated that on. bit. It's a bit like listening to people chew for me. Not it's a like, fan? Not a fan at all. Well, and then she kind of like loses her concentration a little bit and shatters the glass. There's a lot of that going around tonight, just saying. Uh, not well, that it's anyone's be fault. Be careful because maybe I'm inhuman. <laughs> maybe. Just no. saying. Just saying. Um, but we bring a mountain down on you if you're not careful. <laughs> um, you'll be the hedgehog. Yeah, just watch it. Oh, I'm well. going to shake my hand at you. I know. Oh, my God. Not, 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 the, not, not the hand of fear. But. Um, and this is where we get, uh, and, and this is actually, I suppose, a really, I think, a really good moment for for Sky and for the actress as well, where she gets to kind of define her character's neurosis. I actually she, think she was great in this episode. Yeah, I mean, she, she talks about how um, basically she's never had a family, and and this gets really to the heart of the show. Yeah, and a lot of the conversations that you and I had during season one, which is um, people who. And I don't know if it's for real. And mum and dad. Um, and, but but yeah. it's like pe- people with abandonment issues are both seem to be, at least if film and TV have <laughs> told me, I mean, are, are, are simultaneously mistrustful and quick to trust. Mm. You know, they, they, they want it so badly, but at the same time are mistrustful because of fear of getting hurt again. Yeah. I mean, neither you or I have abandonment abandonment issues yeah but um and we are just taking it from what we see on tv and, and film yeah and like you know paperback psychology kind of of course yeah you know but but i, I get that i but i think everybody everybody knows what it's like to f- fear loss i think that's a, that's yeah. a, that's a human condition that yeah. everybody understands yeah. and i think that what you see in this scene is um for the first time, because Skye's very kind of like um, afraid to show her vulnerability and hides behind a lot of kind of machismo and shit talking. Mm. But ultimately, what she wants is connection. Um, but at the same time... To be loved and have a place. Yeah. but she's, That's what she wants. But she's too fearful to put herself out there. Yeah. And that's why the sort of her perceived betrayal at the hands of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. is so catastrophic emotionally catastrophic for her because she kind of put all of her emotional legs in that one basket yeah. you know um and she so she talks about how basically she always she always loses her home mm. um and she says that shield was the closest to family and again that's kind of verbalizing a lot of the sort of it's making it's basically verbalizing season one yeah yeah it's it's making the sort of subtext and, and two i mean you know we are two-thirds of the way through yeah. season two, so you can't discount that. Yeah. And her mother, mother says to her, we are not going to abandon you. And basically that's what she wants to believe, yeah. you know, from anybody, I yeah. guess. Uh, and then she says, you were born on July the 2nd, and that's the scene where basically she reveals the truth. And that's a big moment in the show, you know, that, that she actually tells her that she is her... Because really, I mean, the driving force, the narrative driving force, the... 
the who killed Laura Palmer of mm. the show is around her parents. And now we have that. You know, it's there and it's out. Can I just say July the 2nd, mountain moving superpower. July the 3rd, fart on your mother's head mm. superpower. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so close. July. It's a good month. Although we are a day ahead of America in New Zealand. Oh, so, so July the Technically 2nd. shares a birthday. Um, I can't help Mind but... Mind you, she was born in England, so it could have been the same oh, day. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I can't help but feel that we're going to have our identities assumed by people on the internet. Now we've revealed these private matters. It's kind of like, do we, uh, mother's maiden name? Should we just get that there as Miguel well? Sanchez. Yeah, yes, Miguel Sanchez. Her mother basically says that she was mentioned, you, you referenced this earlier on, that she was pieced together and that they searched for her and how Cal was once good, but he's become sort of, you know, twisted and evil. Um, and actually, in a way, he becomes far more sympathetic when you see why he's been doing it. Like, well, he, he lost his daughter. Like, context is everything. Yeah. Mm. And again, that's a theme of the show, mm. is until you've walked in somebody's shoes, don't judge them. Mm. You know, And that's come that comes up again and again and again. This season, really specifically this season yeah. of the show, yeah, I think that when they were kind of whiteboarding um, or post-it noting or however the writer's room works on, on this show, I think that that must have been a conscious through line for yeah. the season was um and it, and it's funny because it almost feels that now you know seven six or seven years later after this was filmed that feels even more relevant you know mm. when we live in this kind of cancel culture era now where i think people in a clamor to be seen to be doing the right thing through social media or whatever yeah. have forgotten to let people fail Mm. and let people make mistakes and not... Look, some of the best people in the world have done really fucked up things. Yeah, even I have. I I, I know you think I'm perfect, Hannah. Uh, But I'm not... I don't. I mean, uh, look, okay, you might want to sit down for this, Hannah. Oh, you are sat down. Okay, you'll be all right. You're fallible? Yeah, okay. How amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, seriously, I am. Okay. I know. Um, But um, her mum asks her to keep this a secret. Now, I would say that should be a red flag. (laughs) <laughs> like a major fucking like it's a bit like uh getting together with a guy and him saying let's keep it on the down low yeah, because yeah, yeah. people will get jealous at our love yeah yeah look as much as i would love to introduce you to my mother um she's um she's dead <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she she died yeah. earlier today i if, don't know if why someone I wants th- to keep your relationship secret they are not worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, come on, it'll be sexier this way. <laughs> <laughs> but whether it's a familial relationship or a romantic relationship or whatever, yeah. if it's secret, yeah. it's not good. There's never a good reason. No. You know, and but but again Take the take similar, relationship advice if anybody needs it. But similar to that though, people who are in those relationships they want to believe, and that's where Sky is. Sky is ignoring the red flags because she's got finally she she's got she's got okay. her dream. Yeah, so she's kind of like, okay, of I'll, I'll bend logic, you know. However, yeah. I have to. I, to- I have absolutely explained away multiple non-contact occasions about the someone- entire basis of our marriage <laughs> is no, you explaining things away, Helen. Let's no, be honest. you were super upfront and and uh, eager. You were fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, no fucking shame. That's what you're saying. No, but, um, well, neither of us did because we were just like, yep, this is cool. Let's go for it. Yeah, it's like, look, I'm pushing 40. There's no point in even trying to pretend that I'm cool anymore. <laughs> um, but so, so May tells Simmons that they basically need to figure out what's going on because because May's freaking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting as well because they never outright say it in the episode, but they're juxtaposing these two eras. Mm. Um, but they never there's no shots of May thought bubbling, you know, there's no, no. sense of there's no sense that she this is her flashback. Yeah. We're being ob- god eye view given this as an audience. Yeah. But I think that there is a suggestion that, not that she's reflecting on this in what's happening in the present day, but that her entire character is informed by these events. Mm. So when we as the audience are seeing May in the present day, Mm. we need to understand this about her past. Again, perspective, Mm. to see why she's saying that. Because there's there's a really important, crucial moment in this episode where you see... Colson's changed mm. and May references that because what she's saying is Colson is by the book. Mm. He always does Unless things by it the book. really matters. But the one moment he isn't by the book in this episode is the moment in Bahrain where she talks him into letting her go in even though Shield have said no. Mm. So she, I think, is... Just again, super level subtextual stuff. I think that she th- is worried that maybe Coulson has turned, and that indirectly it's her fault for corrupting him. Mm. You know, for for she's sort of set this dangerous press floor precedent in mm. him. You know, by getting him to do that, and mm. because I mean, the moment there is where Coulson basically says that they need to send May in. Shield them, sort of shield central. Don't authorize it, and May talks him into it. So she and there's a moment where you see her get advice from Andrew. Basically, she's like, "Look, I'm going in. There's a girl involved. What do I do?" And he gives her kind of, you know, that. Well, she never says, "What do I do?" No, she Ruben, just, they've got yeah. shorthand, but he yeah. he knows why she's calling, and she, he's like, "Right, okay. So yeah. if it's a young girl, you need to get down on her level. But if the shit hits the fan, just fucking just grab, grab her, her and, and, go. and go." You yeah. know, and um, oh, go on. Sorry, I was I was just going to say, you know, all this stuff about Coulson doing all these things that they don't know about and May panicking because she doesn't know about it and Simmons trying to help her find out and she's worrying as well and all this kind of stuff. I can't remember where it goes. No, not no. But I sort of think they're either forgetting him as a character, forgetting who he inherently is, or they're double bluffing. Yeah. You know? Well, the thing is, and again, I also can't remember, but the thing about Coulson, one of the things that defines him as a character is the idea of the punchline. Like, he, he's almost like a walking personification of Ocean's Eleven in the way that he's one of those people where he's like, he's the master of the, yeah, that's what I wanted you to think. So I, I, I get the feeling that there will be a moment where he'll be like, he'll give them that one little bit of information that they haven't got, mm. and they'll be like, oh, you bastard. See, We're- I think he's like the dramatic version of Leslie Nope, because she keeps getting into situations that she shouldn't be able to solve, and yet they get solved through some, um, you know, uh, interesting 
developed it. Yes. You know, yeah. and yeah. I no, feel I like that. Coulson's the same. Like, you know, you think that he's like going down this terrible path or he's he hasn't got a handle on it. Like you thought he didn't have a handle on it ages ago. Yeah. Um, and yet he's completely competent and knows what he's doing. His only flaw as a person, though, that causes these problems is that he tries to shoulder the burden for everyone. Yeah. And that's when um, he goes secretive is because he's trying to protect people. He's trying to protect people. But what he needs to realise is that he's such a great judge of character that these people don't need protecting. And it comes back to trust again. Yeah. You know, he, he... is scared to let people in and trust them fully that they have his back because Ward basically fucked them all up. Yeah, he's fucked up the whole of Shield. Yeah, they're all PTSD, all aren't they? They've all got trust issues yeah, yeah, because yeah. of one person. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the it's funny as well because I'm I'm like um, for the first time in my life I'm I'm a manager. Trust and uh, for, the, for the first time in my life I'm I'm a manager. I'm managing people. So now whenever I watch he's things Hydra. like. <laughs> whenever I watch things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Star Trek I'm constantly I'm now in the same way that when you become a parent you start seeing anything to do with kids or parenting in a different light as well I'm now looking almost like everything from a management perspective so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like looking at don't Coulson. tell me you've got a little box. I've got no. I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both. No, that's not the case. Um, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Is that good? Is that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been. I, I used to, but the years have been rough, Hannah. And I'll tell you what. This shit doesn't all pay for itself. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But um, but no. So I start looking at everything from a like. I was watching an episode of Star Trek the other day, and I was like. Kirk really managed the shit out of that situation. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's funny. Again, perspectives. Your perspectives. Yeah. Uh, how you watch all these things. So, but we go back into Bahrain though, and we see we see May go into the building, and that all of the the other agents are in this kind of thrall state. Yes. So we see Eva saying to all of the, uh, "I want your pain. I want your pain." Um, in the present day, we learn that Coulson is spending a lot of money and that he's been meeting with Andrew um, and um, that he's been buying up bunk beds. And I think this was the scene where I thought, okay, I, I really get why they're telling this story now. Yeah. Um, that, that They think that because he's amassing a, a sort of a special army um, for, you know... Not that's nefarious. That's what they think he's doing. Yeah, that's what they mm-hmm. think he's doing. And um, May asks Simmons to open the box. Um, they learn that Eva escapes from... Um, well, we learn that Eva escaped from Rancho Relaxa. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see um, May fighting Eva and she stabs her. Um, but what we learn is actually the truth is that she stole crystals for her daughter and basically... Forced her through the mist. Mm. And this is a little bit like what I was saying in the last episode about how it reminds me of um, the trills in Deep Space Nine where the idea that being taking on the host, becoming a host for the symbiont in in Star Trek Deep Space Nine Mm. is this kind of rarefied social um, honour. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's it's kind of like getting a MBE or something. It's it's something to be celebrated and... 
and there's examples in the not show. Everyone gets the yeah, chance. yeah. It's it's, mm. it's it's a special recognition, and there's there's times in the show where people do nefarious things to achieve that. Yeah, and that's what's happening here. You know, mm. is that this? Um, she's a bit like a crazed like stage mum almost, isn't she? She wants and, like, and that's the thing. Like, um, oh, Jaying said that she saw a darkness in the daughter. And that was what stopped her from letting her go through. You know the what mist. this reminded me of? What Tom Riddle? Yeah, there's a, absolutely. And the way that they film her as well, yeah. the girl. She's Voldemort. Yeah, it's as though, or like a bit like, um, um, like Ben Solo in the Star She's Wars sequels, like Kylo hungry. Ren. You know, yeah. it's like that kind of. Like, there are some people who've just got. Well, in the north of England, they say um, they've got the look, the look of the devil about them, yeah. and. Um, I think that's kind of what's going on here. Um, so what we learn is that yes, yeah, so she stole the crystals for her daughter and forced her through the mist. And this is where I say that I'm getting a bit, I was getting a bit of a kind of a riddle house kind of vibe. Mm, yeah. Um, May doesn't want to do it, but basically she realizes that the only solution here is that the girl's so far gone that there's no alternative, so no. she has to kill her. Um, and she knows that she has to kind of shoot her in the head to stop the mind control happening to the other, like, to the soldiers. And I feel like the the narrative, and I get why they do this, I think that they make it a lot easier for May and for the audience by suggesting that the little girl wasn't completely an innocent, that there was some almost predestination... Um, like she, she had quite adult qualities. Well, she that she was already evil. That yeah. she already yeah, yeah, had yeah. this thing in her. Because I think that if it had just been that the mum was nuts mm. and it was in the girl uh, and the girl was innocent but had this forced on her and then became evil with power, um, it would be very difficult mm. to forgive May as an audience member. Yeah. And I get that. That's not a criticism. It's just no. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I understand why they would do that. And I, I think anyone would would portray it that way. Well, it also, it's, it's too I'm, hard to for a network show. It's too hard with that nuance. That's an important distinction because I think that you could go there, but that's not this show. This no. show will it will challenge the, the the characters. It will put them through the ringer, but ultimately, it's a, it's the show's primary goal is to entertain, and I think that they and know... And it's got to get the widest audience possible. Yeah, but it I don't think... be uh, niche. I agree, but I... I, I, I mean, I, it's pretty niche. Yeah, but, but, but I don't yeah. think that it's necessarily even a commercial choice as much as... I think it's an artistic one. I think they know what the show is. Mm. They know that it's a pulpy comic book, and I've always maintained that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., not only is it an MC, MCU show... It's a phase one MCU show. Very much uh, so. And, and right through, and this isn't mm. a spoiler, but fuck it, you know, right through to the end of the show, it still has that vibe that those phase mm. one shows had. Yeah. Um, and I think And that, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, and I, not and, at I, all. and I think that it's not that they, they don't want to go so dark because they're scared of alienating the audience. I think it's just they're not interested in doing that, you know. They have their dark moments. Oh, no, they do, but mm. they, they don't have... Characters killing innocent children, no, level of dark, no, no. because that's and but that's not a oh we can't get away with it. It's mm. just it's a choice. This isn't what the show no, is. No, it's yeah. yeah, it's not what the it's not what the show is. Yeah, that's it's, the best way of putting it. That show is is you know catching the baddies and yeah. essentially um, avenging the baddies. Yeah. Well, it's like what people used to call um, 
the 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 Roddenberry gag in Star Trek, this whole idea that the characters are evolved and that they're mm. essentially space hippies. Yeah. And um writers would get pissed off with that sometimes. They'd be like, Well, can't we have like interpersonal conflict between the characters, can't we? You know, I wanna write this. And Gene Roddenberry and Rick Berman and the and um Ronald Moore and these these people who've shepherded the show over the years went, Well, if you want to go and do that fuck off and write another show that's mm. not what we do <laughs> you know we, yeah. we provide a service that's, yeah. that's something else but um so we see but basically the um the um the mom says that she um the uh, is it is, help me with the pronunciation here because i keep butchering it um sky's mother jaying 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 ing ing e- uh, like i don't know ing yeah. Pronunciation. Jaying. As far as I'm aware, yes. Okay, close enough. So Jaying says that they um that she should have done it. So Jaying basically says here that um and this is why another another reason why I think it's good that they told this story at this point is that it kind of legitimizes what she's saying because she's suggesting and this is, you know, red flag alert to Sky that they need to keep their familial relationship secret because, yeah. um, you know, she doesn't People want... People will get shitty. Yeah, but also, crucially, that the, the, the cult or Rancho Relaxo and all of those guys, they've They'll got a bad... Super unrelaxo. Well, yeah. Uh, they've got a really bad track record with super mum and daughter teams because mm. the last one was these crazy fuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so she'd be kind of like, look, you know, we've, we've got... We've got some pretty bad precedent <laughs> with like yeah. people like us. We've had some bad press. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. But we might get know. a bit of flashbacks, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, there's one of the, 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 the really nice moments as well, because it's funny because it wasn't until the final scene, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, the kind of the bumper scene at the end, um, like the sort of post-credit sequence, whatever you want to call it, that it didn't occur to me that Coulson is only in this episode in the flashbacks yeah. uh, until the very end. And I think there's a really... There's so much exciting, big stuff going on in this episode. You've got all of the stuff in the present day about, oh, has is, is Coulson gone evil? You've got all of the stuff at Rancho Relaxo. You've got all of this great mythology building with, mm. with May. But I think lost in that is a really beautiful character moment when Coulson is comforting May after she comes out the building because mm. immediately he just re- he know he's, he knows what's happened just gonna let that and, girl go. and he's just like mm. you did the right thing you did the right thing and he's just like got his arms around her and it, and it's it's a really lovely moment and and I think that when you and this is a great rewatch project thing because I think that if we went back now and watched season 1 the closeness of their relationship in those early episodes that we don't understand when, mm. when you first watch it is so much more enriched yeah. by seeing that he has seen her at her absolute lowest and most vulnerable and that she had him as her um, protector yeah. and emotional support in yeah, that moment. Sure. And that's something that bonds in real life. Something like that would bond people together forever. forever you know. Yeah. Um, but um, so basically, Colson, what he says to her is he's like, Look, and I love the fact the first thing he says to her, he just walks over to her and he just says, You saved them all. 
Mm. He's like, you know, let's let's focus on the positive. Mm. <laughs> it's, again, management is great manager. It would so be you, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Mister Positive. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, let's focus I think, on the good things. Yeah. I mean, it didn't go completely according to it plan. It wasn't hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't five yeah. by five. He's like, I think we've got. Yeah, he's like, we've, we've got we've got a lot of takeaways <laughs> from this. <laughs> <laughs> we learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, what he says to her is, he's like, you had to let the girl go. Yeah. That was the, um, you know, the collateral damage, I guess. Um, but the other thing is as well, and this is where we've got that rarefied position of the audience, is we know this whole uh, Voldemorty, this girl had a, you know, the dark mark from the mm. beginning. But May doesn't know that. Colson no. doesn't know that. You know, that's something that we have that um the the honor of knowing as as yeah. an audience so, with the god so view. the fact that she's she just sees saw a little girl super duper upset about yeah. the fact that she's killed the girl she doesn't know but she, she was like a she has no context or... for that so like her grief is is so raw you yeah. know if she had known all this backstory stuff it'd be a different situation but yeah she doesn't even to this day, she doesn't know any of that, and so we and, and that's she's why she's still think, coping with it. That's why she is how she is. Yeah, and we and we've seen her before because I think it would be easy to assume as an audience member, like we knew we knew before this episode that some shit had gone down, Bahrain, mm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, but we'd assumed that when that happened, she was even then stoic, badass Ming Na Wen. But, but that's why I think it works. Although we, 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 you know, we kind of, you know, took the piss a little bit with the the breakfast scene at the beginning. I think it was important that we saw that she was a sunnier person before that. Yeah. That when she went in, she was a badass, but she was a badass who was planning to have children, and that's the other thing as well. You know, like she was talking with, with Andrew about how you know oh, we're gonna. When I get home, we're going to have that kid. We're going to, you know, you're going to get me impregnated. Oh, fuck. But, um, but can I? She just... lost her child basically yeah. by by the yeah. w- the moment when that girl died. Her, the possibility of her being a mother died mm. in that moment. Can I just say one thing? And you may need to cut this out. I don't know because I can't remember if it's a spoiler or not a spoiler. I feel like this has happened, but. Coulson saying to her, you need to let the girl go. Didn't he say that to her in an episode in season one? Maybe. Um, I feel like... It's a callback. Yeah. Or a call forward. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like... Should we throw this one out to the listeners? Mm. I'm sure that there's some super I'm shield I'm pretty nerd sure out there. there was an episode like, I mean, fuck, why can we not remember this shit? But I'm. There's I'm, a lot of episodes of this show, in fairness. Yeah, but we've only just watched season one and season two. We've been doing this podcast for a year. Have we? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, well, you know, just 365 days. I, I, like, I think episode two of this, that was our, that was our Bahrain, that was, that episode. <laughs> we don't talk about it, but it fucking happened. What? Episode two? What happened? Never. I can't remember. <laughs> it was pretty uneventful, yeah. Bahrain. Well, it's because we don't speak of it. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works, Anna. Um I feel there was an episode in season one where 
she had to save a kid or a girl. Or yeah, I think they might be calling back. I mean, I mean, and, we didn't even remember the Coulson, sandwich thing. So I mean, Coul- no, we. I remembered that the first time. Yes. Really? Yes. You lunatic. Um, but I, I like. I seem to remember Coulson saying to her, "You need to let the girl go." Yeah, and when he said it this time, I was like, I feel like you, like, this is, and I feel like in one of the um, spoiler sections, we've gone, oh, I'm pretty sure that's related to Maybe one of our listeners blah, 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 blah. And yeah. hey, for the record, I'm not a lunatic. It's senility, not lunacy, okay? This is true. There's it's a big difference. <laughs> um, all right, so... Um, it's very old. So what we see... Is um, and I guess this, in some ways, this is the the tragedy of the episode is that May starts to withdraw from Andrew. Yeah, you know she starts to become emotional. And, and it's I, the beginning of the end of their marriage. And I think that Blair Underwood's really good in this scene. Like, there's a moment where he he puts his hand on hers, and she gets this flashback mm. of the girl touching her arm, and she walks away. And he's a he's a psychologist, mm. and you see this moment where he has his look, and it's as though you can see him go. Yeah, our, our relationship's over. Mm. Like, he knows now that there's no way he's ever going to be able to reach well, her again emotionally. because he knows that she's not going to divulge what happened. Yeah, because she's, like, yeah. not capable of, of... She doesn't have that and emotional... She she's not allowed to. No, because they have a job, yeah. you know, and... So... And that's so why she's good at her job. They can't, they can't get past it because yeah. she can't tell him what happened. Yeah, yeah. That's mm. it. It's kind of like there's only so much emotional... Uh, agility that one person can have it's like it's as though she's putting all of her power into compartmentalizing that mm. and again i can't remember but i hope that what the writers do is use this storyline the present day storyline as a way of her working through that mm. like because her her flaw we've talked about how colson's flaw every every character in in drama has a flaw um Colson's floor is, you know, taking on too much, not sharing, um, um, taking on the burden. And May's floor is um, compartment, compartmentalization and shutting herself off emotionally so she can't deal, so she can continue to do her job, which is the thing that defines yeah. her. Yeah. And I think that her present day stuff with the way that she's dealing with all of this mistrust around Coulson and how she's going about that and her sense of duty and responsibility towards that feels informed by this origin storyline that we're being fed in this episode. So it'd be a really great deft piece of writing if they could have the outcome of the present day stuff reconciling that stuff from the mm. past, you know, yeah. and I don't can't remember if they do, mm. but if they do, you know, um, chef's kiss <laughs> to, <laughs> to that. Um, so, so we see her start to withdraw from Andrew, and um, we see um, Jai Ying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of okay. Um, um, say that basically Cal is misunderstood. And that all he wants is just one dinner. And again, red flag, red flag. Um, it's got to be said, though. And like red flag in the way that Jiang says to Daisy, just one dinner and I'll get rid of him. 
And then they walk into the room and... I was won over. It, yeah, it's but weird. Cal is completely under the impression from from how I see it that he's about to forge a relationship with his daughter. Yeah. Not that he's having one dinner and he's being fucking shipped off. I mean, off. he's combed his hair. Exactly. And that's a big deal for like this Jekyll and Hyde but like, guy. It, like, he sees this as this point forward. Well, this is what he's been... Not his last supper. Every you know what I mean? every waking moment for the last twenty years of his life has been leading towards this. And I think that this I think this is a really there's a lot going on in this scene. And I think what's all this is this is a great example. This scene and the post credit sequence, which is are a great example we'll get of what's to the post credit sequence. Of, of of what's wonderful about this show is that first of all this episode is the ostensibly is the the May origin storyline, and yeah. that's what's great about it. Mm. And yet, you get these two scenes that really aren't part of that that are still amazing. Because the thing I love about this scene is all that stuff that you've just explained, which is completely you know a, a correct and well observed. But Carl McLaughlin is so great in this scene because of the humanity. Mm. that you see yeah and again it goes back to this central theme of this season of everybody has their prism and their perspective and for if we're gonna if we're gonna get out of this whole fucking mess of life we're, we're gonna have to start learning to see things from other people's perspectives yeah and he has done terrible things but your, the actions of somebody are only part of their, their narrative. Mm. And what you see here And is, it doesn't mean you should forgive those things. No. But and they, and they, they, they shouldn't be accountable. No. Um, but that there's a reason behind them and there should be more understanding of the individual. Yes. And, and that's the way that, like... And what we're talking about here, ultimately, is progressive rehabilitation. Yeah. The idea of that. And the the thing that I think is great about this scene is at the beginning of it, when um, Jaying says to Daisy, all he wants is one dinner. At that point in the scene, in the episode, the idea of them having dinner together seems completely ridiculous, completely Apparent. farcical. Yeah. But... When they move in and you see that Sky is a good person and is able to, like Coulson, who you know is really her father, mm. is able to have that level of empathy, she starts to warm to him and it actually starts to feel quite moving. Yeah. You know, and you do start to actually sympathise. that Logan, sorry, not Logan, Lincoln, sees them in the tableau and gets the recall of Raina saying, I keep having these dreams about um, Sky with a bunch of daisies and she's super happy. And his realization that Raina's gift is probably a psychic ability. I've remembered what it was. What? You know, I was saying that earlier on when Raina was like, Oh, Sky's so lucky. Because she gets these cool superpowers, yeah, yeah. whereas I look, I look like fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, well, <laughs> X Men, you know, in X Men, yeah. how you've got like some of them who were like, well, you know, 
I think we should just stick stick on our own. Otherwise, you're like we should go out there. It's like, well, you've got like this cool fucking you can freeze shit power. <laughs> whereas, like, I'm blue. <laughs> you know, it's like it's easy for you, um, Halle Berry, yeah. <laughs> to like mingle yeah, yeah. with the crowd. Yeah, I knew uh, I knew it was going to bother me. And, and, and but but we but we had talked before. I love how before. excited you look. Uh, <laughs> I would. I'm so glad. I, I would have like sprang upright at four o'clock this morning. Fucking X-Men! You <laughs> Wake got, up, Hannah! You, you would have got punched in the face <laughs> yeah, like, go back to I'm sleep. Like, Hannah, Hannah, you're going to love this. <laughs> you're going to respond to this with calmness and gratitude. <laughs> well, considering our son usually wakes me up around that time and says, uh, Mum, I'm hungry. Is it breakfast yet? <laughs> yeah, no, no. The reality is, if it was a movie, it would cut to me with a phone in my hand going, hospital, please, with a pen sticking out the side <laughs> of my neck. <laughs> so they have the dinner, and you do, you actually, you feel for Cal, you know, that he has spent well, all of his you know, life doing is, this. He has sacrificed He is on his... the back foot. Yeah, but... he, he is on the back foot in that situation. You know that Zhang has told Sky one dinner and you can see that for him it's not one dinner it's the rest of I'm his back. life but it's it's a it's and this has literally just occurred to me is that cal is the same as may they mm. have both sacrificed their humanity for that reason that may mentioned earlier on which was people won't understand that it hurts. Mm. People won't understand why you've done this awful thing and it will hurt mm. in the same way that people won't understand why she, you know, she had to kill this child and she has lost all of her relationships and she's lost her ability to be able to relate to other human beings with any it's kind of like... personal pain. Yeah. All of her kind of like emotional vulnerability is just gone. Yeah. And Cal is exactly the same. He just wanted his family mm. and he now has it. But he has had to sacrifice his humanity completely yeah. to do it. And it's exactly the same as May. Uh, and there's a nice little kind of like bonding family kind of comedy beat where you realise that she's 26. Mm. Something as silly and as kind of unimportant as that is what can, you know, bring people mm. together. And we, as you say, we see Lincoln come in and he's starting to be like, okay. And again, this issue of trust is sort of percolating. Putting two and two together in, in the air. Four. Uh, yes, so we have that realisation that this is uh, not a dream, as you mentioned earlier on. Uh, and then we get a nice little bumper scene where we are brought sort of like slapdash into uh, the presence where we see Fitz open um, the, um, the, the the secret box and he's given loads of information and reaches out to Hunter and Coulson as well. And uh, for me... And it's at this point that I realise how much I'd missed those three characters in this episode. Mm. Like, I enjoyed this episode, but when it got to the end and there was that one scene, I was like, oh, God, I just want to keep watching to see what happens for them. Yeah. You know? Well, And that's, a, again, a classic S.H.I.E.L.D. thing where they've got so many of these spinning plates that you're like, oh, yeah, mm. there's, there's yeah. this awesome thing as well as these other yeah. awesome things that we've done. And I think that that's what the... When it, when it ended with, have you got one of those hand dryers or whatever it was yeah. he's like, you're going to be fine gonna and be I was fine. like, oh, you're like, you're like oh, how's what? he going to get out of there yeah, yeah you're like what, tell what, me everything what sort of fiddly bum craft do we have <laughs> to look forward to here um, yeah. okay so um, I don't think we need to do a spoiler section here no. so uh, sum up your thoughts Hannah two thumbs up eight out of ten would recommend 
bring on the next one. Yeah, great stuff, great show. And I think that one of the things that I like about this is that they're starting to show the confidence now to do uh, episodes where they they kind of hit the brakes but don't mm. they really this is a real cake and eat it kind of scenario yeah. because they do get they get they step outside the the current continuity of the show yeah they enrich the uh, the universe and the mythology of the show by filling in gaps and essentially doing a prequel nothing yeah. says enriched universe like a prequel um but at the same time they're still doing really compelling stuff in the quote present day of the show mm-hmm. um and um yeah fucking good i mean i i remember this being one of the weaker eras of the show and a little bit like we we said when we were talking about those you know quote standalone uh 18 mission impossible-esque episodes in the first season yeah if this is the weak era of the show Fuck, I'll take that. Oh, God, I'm here for it, <laughs> you know? if it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, what are we talking about next week, Anna? Or okay. next time, I should so, say. So, next episode is called Frenemy of My Enemy. Oh, I do like a good pun. Uh, synopsis says, A dangerous new alliance is formed as Coulson and Hunter turn to the last person anyone would expect, Grant Ward. Oh, no. As the war between S.H.I.E.L.D. factions continues, Sky and Lincoln will find themselves drawn into this conflict. It is directed by Karen Gaviola. Okay. Uh, haven't had that name before. No, that's not familiar. And... I'm excited by this. It's written by Monica Awusu-Breen and Paul Zabuzewski. Oh, nice. A couple of the uh, the A-team right there. Yeah. So bring it on. Yep. And uh, again, I would like to issue a... Issue? Uh, uh, that's the... Oh, issue. Uh, no, no. That's the um, Stephen Fry pronunciation of issue, issue. on the uh, the Harry Potter audiobooks. It seems a wee bit licorice. Uh, which you liking. are... Uh, you're cold turkeying, aren't you? You, you, you? I haven't listened to Harry Potter for months. It's incredible. I miss it, but I'm very happy that I you. I miss uh, it too when I'm struggling to go to sleep. But you're but you're, you're you're not dependent. You're not, you're depending on nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, you I, are. I prefer I prefer it um, in the middle of the night and like critically, our son has stopped waking up at one o'clock in the morning because the audiobook was waking him up. Oh, was it? Yeah. That's the only reason. Why at one o'clock in the morning? I don't know. I, like, I'm assuming he's been through a sleep cycle. Oh, okay. But um, And he's like, is that Stephen fucking Fry? That's the only reason I stopped is because I'd be listening to it, I'd fall asleep, and the next thing I knew, I had a five-year-old in bed with me. Well, as long as you know that five-year-old. Yes. We're good. Um, okay, so I want to do a little bit of... It's uh, not ideal, though. Uh, well, it, it's, it's, it means Far you're awake at ideal. one o'clock in the morning, yeah. so it's that's not ideal in my book. Um, quick reminder to go over to wearepodsyndicate.com. Also, um, check out our YouTube channel. Although, if you're downloading a podcast, I'm not going to lie, there's probably no point. Um, because we're not putting any extra content out there. But, oh, bless you. Sorry. Um, but maybe we will. Maybe we'll do some unique YouTube stuff at some way, point. I doubt we'll leave a Patreon this shit. Uh, no, no, who needs that? That's, no. That sounds like a lot of work. Mike and I just are not organised enough for that shit. No. Although, I, I'd be very curious. It's funny, Hannah, um, without pulling the curtain back too much, Hannah has a background in graphic design. And I've been posting uh, these episodes on YouTube. 
and I've just been um, using my incredibly rudimentary Adobe uh, <laughs> knowledge to create poster art. So what I've had to do, because I've been, I've been making, and Hannah probably doesn't even know this, so this is like hot off the press shit here. <laughs> uh, shit being the operative word, is I've been doing a... Um, a box-shaped artwork for each episode mm. um, and replacing the generic TV set that we've got yeah. uh, for all of our Anchor FM episodes. So on just on the regular podcasts episodes yeah. now have got like their own individual artwork. So it's a it's like a, it's Very a shot cool. from it's a shot from that episode of Shield yeah. and like art like text and stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, and I've been doing a, a widescreen version of it. For I the, haven't even seen for, it. This for is the, how for the, like, for bad the, I am. For, for the well I'll send you a link but for the for the YouTube videos I've been doing the same image but I've just widescreenified it as well. Right. But the amount of times where I'm doing this and I and I'll literally I'll have like a half hour lunch break at work and I'll just like bang ten of these out. And that's why I've got like, I think like the first 11 episodes of the podcast are on YouTube now, mm. but I'm just doing it and I'm like, oh, that's not going to, that's not central enough for Hannah. <laughs> and I'm like, there's some font inconsistency here, but fuck it. You know, yeah. I, I don't see her doing this. <laughs> so like, Yeah. I'll I'm take- sorry. I, I have paid work that I have to do. So unfortunately, um, I can't. I can't have time for that. Yeah, well, I'll send you the. Uh, actually, I'll do it now while I remember. I'll send you the uh, the Dropbox uh, link for that page. Okay. But um, but anyway, so we always appreciate uh, email at uh, rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail Come on, who's going to be our first voicemail? Uh, yes, come on, show show come some on, balls. Uh, well, don't show us your actual balls, but you know, metaphorically. Uh, if you want to show them to us, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but well, at least. At least put, put like it this way: we're not going to get turned on, so don't don't send them if you think that it's going to be sexy. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna slide into our DMs, yeah, <laughs> as, the, as the as the kids say <laughs> these days, um, but you can go over to um, our uh, main page, which is. Um, uh, well, if you want to do that, you can go over to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project forward slash message, and um, then you'll be able to leave a voicemail. But also, um, if you are listening to us on uh, YouTube, then you can just comment on the videos as well, and Indeed. we um, we will uh, see that essentially as voice well, not as voicemail, as email as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but for now, um, we love you. We we. Um, we love each and every one of our customers. You're all good people. Don't overthink anything bad you've ever done in your life. It's all going to be okay. Oh, is this Hannah's final thought? Yeah. What's so? So what's what's the lesson we've learned then, Hannah? It's all going to be okay. If you've done something bad, make sure you've learned the lesson. Move on from it. It's all good. I would also add to that though that if you know somebody who's done something bad. Try give and see them, things from their perspective, and maybe, maybe give them a hug because yeah. they probably need one. Yeah. Don't be a judgmental fuckhead. I think is the theme of this week's episode. And also, if you can't forget what they've done, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. But maybe show them a little bit of compassion yeah. because they probably need it. So learn to live with it. Yeah. I think it's not too much to ask. Okay, that's us for this weekend. We'll be back soon with another episode of. We Marvel's love Agents you all. Goodbye. podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.